Well, sure. Silicon Valley is a great place because you know there's a lot of people there. However, lots of jurisdictions, Calgary is an example, have spent a lot of time and energy developing the talent that is still pretty world-class. And because we have a obviously very thriving oil and gas industry here using a lot of software and technology, a lot of those people are being repurposed. So there's many jurisdictions that have done the same thing. So you can find world-class talent in certain spots. Welcome to Conversations on Startups, a podcast brought to you by Douglas Ross, author of the book Spark Click Go, How to Bring Your Creative Business Idea to Life, and Glenn Seward of Today's Great Idea, a radio series featuring over 300 origin stories of businesses, brands, and inventions that have changed the culture. Welcome to today's conversation. Hey, Glenn, how you doing? I'm doing great, Doug. Where are you today? I'm in Boston. Enjoying a clear, sunny day here, but extremely windy and also cold. So cold that they have closed the schools, many of the schools, which surprises me. It's minus 10, maybe? Wow. What do you think? Would they do that where you are? Calgary is gets very cold. We have these Chinooks that warm things up. And right now we're at about minus 10 as well. But they don't close the schools here. So that's what I, you know, we're good. So today, why don't we talk about physical location as a subject? Yeah. How you choose a physical location for your business? Very much so. And there's a whole bunch of factors that go into it. It really depends on your audience and who your customers are. And it sounds so obvious, but I see too many businesses not make the right choice about location for a variety of reasons. And that hurts them in the end because it's the old adage, you know, one of the three most important things in business used to be and still is for many businesses, location, location, location. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You hear about that in real estate and also in the board game Monopoly. There you go. You're listening to Conversations on Startups with Doug and Glenn. Thanks for joining us. Let's get back to the show. Okay. Well, I got a story for you, see if you can guess this one, about how location is important. So there's this guy named Elliot, and he operates his parents' rundown motel in Bethel, New York, which is outside in the rural area. They had 79 rooms on 15 acres, but the business was tough and they were way behind on their mortgage. He was also, though, the president of the Bethel Chamber of Commerce, which, of course, you often joke, you know, Bethel has no commerce because it's so small. (laughs) But Nevertheless, he tried all sorts of things to drum up business. So because he was the president of the Chamber of Commerce, he could issue himself permits to host events. So he loved movies, so he tried to hold a film festival. That didn't go very well. He tried to hold a music festival, but only a few kids and a nearby dairy farmer showed up. Then one day he opened a newspaper, and the mayor of a town 60 miles away had just canceled an upcoming event at virtually the last minute, and no other towns nearby were interested, and the promoters were in a jam. So Elliot, seeing an opportunity, picked up the phone, called the promoters, and figuring that maybe they could hold the event at his motel because he could issue the permit. The promoters were interested, very interested, but Elliot's motel in the 15 acres was just too small. 
So Elliot suggested that maybe the dairy farmer up the road, who liked music, might be interested, and he was. So Elliot's Motel became the promoter's base of operations as they rented out the whole place. They offered Elliot so much money, he was able to pay off his parents' mortgage. And today, the one-time three-day event held on that dairy farm in New York State is iconic but would have never happened if Elliot hadn't tried to promote commerce in his little town and simply made a phone call. What's the name of the festival? Well, let's give any clue about year, but New York, iconic, three-day festival. I'm going to go with Woodstock. (laughs) I think you have no choice but to go with Woodstock. I couldn't think of anything else. 400,000 people came to the area. And but it, it had to be big because you said he had 15 acres. and he that's, why he had to, that's why he went to the dairy farmer. The dairy farmer had his place and they used uh, his place for operations. But sometimes location really is about being in the right place at the right time and having a unique circumstance that's pretty important to the business. And in this case, the audience was immediate. So... Crazy, crazy success, obviously, and all, all sorts of challenges with Woodstock itself. But if Elliot hadn't made that phone call, he was the only guy who could have made this work because of the location. But I find that happens in a lot of businesses too. We may have talked about this before, but Coronation Street, the long-running uh, soap opera from British television, which is on in Canada and in the U.S., never seen an episode of. Uh, I've seen a couple of them, ten thousand episodes. The oh reason God. that was successful was a Granada Television was trying to... Um, I'm sorry, maybe it's BBC. I always get them confused. The bottom line was, it wasn't because the show got its start because the BBC or Granada had to spend money in Northern England. They had to actually physically, as part of their regulated mandate, they had to put a production there. And they had no idea to do anything. And they did this little pilot. And... The executives weren't really sold on it because it was so sort of average, but because it actually spent money in Northern England, that's why it got finally greenlit. And then, of course, became this huge success. So sometimes there's rules and things you don't think about that affect your location. It's just fascinating what goes into locations. Well, I see that in those first two examples. You've got the ability to get a permit. Mm-hmm. for the type of business you want to have. And in that case, Elliot was the permit maker as well as the permit applicant. So uh, that helps. That's a fairly unusual uh, circumstance. But uh, yeah, you, you need to be able to get a permit. And the second one sounds more to me like the general category of government incentives to set up a location here or there which is very common and should be considered. I would say considered. Uh, There's a, it reminds me, there's a, I think it's Kansas City. I'm quite sure it's Kansas City. And as you know, there's, Kansas City is divided by a state line. So you've got Kansas and you've got Missouri. And I heard fairly recently that these two jurisdictions battle for businesses all the time. There's literally a street that runs, it's the state line, and businesses will cross the street based on the latest incentive, which is just madness if you think about it. It's crazy. But I do think it brings up the point that with a government incentive, you have to think about 
the short term, but also longer term. So if somebody's inducing you with a small amount of money, it may be great for year one, year two. If your intention, though, is to run your business longer than that, you know, you really have to factor in the whether those upfront incentives make sense to you or not. In Elliot's case, I loved his business. Boy, he's a real opportunistic entrepreneur, a three-day business, and he, and he pays off his mortgage. It's fantastic. We all wish for that kind of uh, opportunity. And sometimes it happens, but more often it doesn't. So you have to think about what matters. I've done location analysis for clients. And, um, you know, where do you put the physical store? And in this case, you know, for example, in Calgary, we had this food store that did some business for it. And they offered meals, prepared meals out of their storefront. And they asked me to to do the uh, location analysis. It was on the south side of town, on the east side of the street, coming into town, a major thoroughfare. And that was the problem because people were coming in from the south, the downtown. It was on the east side. But the idea behind the prepared foods was food that you would buy to eat at nighttime, like dinner time. And of course, you're not really going to think about buying the food probably on the way into work in the morning. You're thinking about it on the way home. They should have been on the west side of the street. But they thought they got a good deal on this place. And the other problem is this place didn't have any parking. So even if people were coming home and wanted to turn left and get into a parking lot, there was no parking lot. So I said, don't do it. However, they, of course, did it. It lasted six months and it was gone. So not that I'm a a super expert. I've made mistakes myself. But sometimes it's clear. you got to think about who your customers are and how they would use your service. Does does parking matter to them? How long do they get to park for? These are things you have to think about when you're choosing location. Hey, podcast listeners, we're going to take a short break now. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to invite your friends, remember to subscribe, and if you want to help spread the word, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Each episode of Conversations on Startups focuses on a single topic. If you want to comment on something you've heard on the podcast or suggest a topic for us to cover in a future episode, send an email to go at todaysgreatidea.com or douglas at sparkclickgo.com. Glenn and I appreciate you and hope you find our uncut and unrehearsed stories, perspectives, and tips helpful. Speaking of helpful stuff, let's pick up where we left off. Absolutely agree. It's the general principle I'd pull out of that is just making it easy for customers. We, especially in a world full of choice, so if you're in a business where people have choice, they can go to a, another takeout establishment or they can make their own food, buy groceries, whatever else. You've got to make it easy. And humans are are not just lazy. They can't plan ahead is what your example shows. So it's the proverbial, well, maybe not proverbial, but it's if you set up, you know, bring water to people on a really hot day at the trailhead or halfway up or something like that, you're going to sell a lot of water. It's just hitting that need when that need is there, when people are hungry and whatnot, making it easy. Parking's another great one. I just hate difficult parking. (laughs) Don't you? Yep. Oh, just enter your license plate here. Just pay that here. It's an extra step that irritates people. Parking is a great example. Here's another question for you. 
not only for the business, location sometimes matters for the success you might get in terms of fundraising. Everybody, if you're in the tech business, oh, do you go to Silicon Valley to get funding? Do you physically move there because that's the place where funding is? Or do you stay in your own neck of the woods? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, a lot of thoughts on that. Uh, As you know, I lived in Silicon Valley, in and around Silicon Valley for a while and worked on a software startup there and was part of a startup community, got involved, uh, did a bunch of things there. We started up weekend and worked with an incubator, tech incubator there too. So I have a lot of thoughts on it. Uh, (laughs) We came from New Jersey at the time. And New Jersey has certain established businesses, pharmaceuticals being one, med tech. There are other things there in New Jersey as well. California and Silicon Valley is different. It was palpable. You could just feel it. That movie, so I guess it's not a movie, it's a streaming show, Silicon Valley. And the guy, the main character, he goes in to see his doctor. He's relatively new to the area too, I think. And he's got some sort of ailment. And and before the doctor finishes his exam, he's whipping out some demo because he's got a business idea in mind. And and it is true. People have a very forward-thinking attitude in Silicon Valley They want to do things better. They don't accept the status quo. It's not old money and old businesses and things like that 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 thrive. It's a hub. It's a cluster. And people are constantly saying, oh, we want to be the Silicon Valley of X. Okay, that's a good ambition, but it's not so easy, I saw and, and lived, to replicate that. You just have so many factors, attitude being one people that are used to taking risks on these cutting-edge businesses, number two. So many things. It goes back to Hewlett-Packard and everything else. So there's a lot of history there. And Stanford being one of the first universities to start to outlicense its tech and make money from its tech and so on. So there's a lot of factors there. So I think it does make sense to think about that. Depending on the business that you are in, you mentioned investors. Also, what about talent? Yes. Aren't you going to find more talent in Silicon Valley if you're in software, let's say? or It, it, it depends. It comes down to understanding what it is you have as a business and where you will find the investors and where you will find the best staff. If your business is very software dependent, well, sure, Silicon Valley is a great place because you know there's a lot of people there. However, lots of jurisdictions... Calgary is an example, have spent a lot of time and energy developing the talent that is still pretty world-class. And because we have a obviously very thriving oil and gas industry here using a lot of software and technology, a lot of those people are being repurposed. So there's many jurisdictions that have done the same thing. So you can find world-class talent in certain spots. Would I do a a startup in Edmonton that's software-based? Probably not but I would do it in Calgary because I know I've got there's good people, talented people here. Well, and Um, one advantage of 
folks in Calgary that are working in software, they may be much more affordable than the person who is in Silicon Valley and is just the salaries have gone up so high for these folks. Even with these tech layoffs that are happening now, those people are finding spots in startups and they're still commanding very good wages, bonuses, stock incentives, etc. Very much so. So if you think about it, here's a really good analogy on that one. 30, 40 years ago, film production got done in North America in a couple of centers, mostly in Los Angeles, but with incentives from all over the place. A lot of new production centers have been created to create this burgeoning content industry. And today you've got many jurisdictions in you know South Carolina, a few others, Chicago, Atlanta, Atlanta's got a big one, Vancouver. Toronto, Montreal is a big special effects place. So you can get stuff done everywhere because of the talent, but because of the affordability, because of the incentives. Calgary's had a major success. Largest production ever, television production in Canada, is the HBO series, The Last of Us. It is. It took over a year of filming here, but they filmed the entire production in Alberta, not just because of the scenery to mimic Boston and other places, but also because it had the talented crew to do stuff, as you can see on screen. So it applies in most businesses with software engineers and others. You just got to think about what's right. On the flip side, another great story about Calgary is a guy named Garrett created a, a software business here, an online business back in the early 2000s. He tried to get some investors to put money in here. But of course, it was oil and gas town. They didn't understand the online very much. So it was a big, tough sell. He goes to California because he knows that internet's bigger there and people understand it, finds some investors, builds it out, sells it off, and then thinks, what else am I going to do? And then he and a partner created Uber. He couldn't have created Uber in Calgary or the previous business because the investors here weren't ready for that business. And even then, because of the density of Calgary, which is reasonably dense, but not as dense as San Francisco or New York, Uber wouldn't have worked here as a physical business. So you go to the place where it matters. Yeah, well, no, that's a great story and a great success. So so there are real merits to going to these areas that are known for certain things uh, and where the investors are likely to uh, listen more and maybe support your business. So that, that's a great point. If you step back from that, so I'm imagining Garrett at the time. I think you said that was his name, right, Garrett? Yeah, Garrett Camp. So Garrett Camp is creating this business and he's got some founders, co-founders with him, I'm assuming. And isn't that one of the biggest questions that you face as a founder? If you've got your co-founders already, you are going to sit there and say, hey guys, where are we going to locate this business? And now you've got maybe two people, maybe three people trying to make this decision. There's all sorts of personal implications. How does that get resolved? And do you happen to know what happened with Garrett in this case? Did he have other co-finders at the time? I do not. And it's a great question. And I think, in fact, a future episode. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's exactly that. There's a personal dimension to making those kind of choices. Uh, that affects your family and your spouses and loved ones and friends and stuff. Because sometimes you do have to make that hard decision of physically moving. And what do you do? I guess at the end of the day, 
when it comes to physical location, don't treat it as an afterthought. Make sure you think about it up front. I guess that's really what we're saying. Yeah, I think there's. we've only pointed to a few factors here. Where your customers are being one of them. We've talked a little bit about the, the investors, where they are, the suppliers as well, suppliers of talent or talent. Another one that I would bring up would be the ability to distribute your product or service, I think is really key. So, you know, we've already talked about Alberta quite a bit in this episode, but in, Al- <laughs> yeah. in Alberta, it's energy production. And so you have to be there. And that's where you form your business. But the key is, can you distribute from there? And, and there's obviously been big questions about, about that and Keystone Pipeline coming up. It's on, it's off and currently off now. So being able to distribute your product is a key thing. That cuts across all sorts of businesses. So when we're talking about digital goods or entertainment, things like that, you can locate your business almost anywhere because you can distribute it through partners, through the web, lots of different uh, sorts of things. But you need to be able to distribute that. Now, lots of companies are separating those two things, the production side of it. Wherever you're producing it, you just have to be able to distribute it. So you've got to ask, answer that question or get it to your customers easily, no matter what it is. And then another element that I'd bring up would be the design element. If I'm thinking about forms of businesses, there's an entire form of business out there, which is designed in X, California, you might say, but manufactured somewhere else. Could be China, for example. That's a pretty common form for a business. So when you're thinking about your physical location, it's where can I do or where do I want to do the design work and get that part of it done. I can outsource and offshore potentially the, and even if it's not offshoring and you stay within your own country, there's a more effective place you can get the manufacturing part of it done. So I think that, yeah, thinking about design, maybe separating the business, the design part, the headquarters from the manufacturing or the headquarters from the distributors, that kind of thing. You're listening to Conversations on Startups with Doug and Glenn. Merci pour nous avoir joignés. All good points. All right. So what's the summary in your mind for entrepreneurs in terms of location? Well, you already mentioned there's a lot of factors and it takes some upfront thinking. You've got to look at both sides of the equation, not just the costs and what is the least costly. You've got to really look at the benefit side of it. Does it work for my customers? Can I distribute from here? Can I get the talent that I need into that particular place? Will investors be attracted to my business if I locate in Tuck Dayuk Tuck versus Cupertino? So yeah, I think that there's multiple factors and you really have to prioritize which ones are the most important when you make this decision. And then the other element that we touched on in this episode was short-term versus long-term. Do I jump to where the latest government incentive is or do I take a longer-term view 
and make my decision based on that. And by the way, it still might be where a certain government is willing to subsidize you. That could still make sense. But the principle being take into account short and longer term and how that fits in with your business. Not everybody is Elliot and can create a business that pays off his, his entire mortgage in three days. Wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) Exactly. Did I miss anything? No, I think that's pretty good. So location, 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 think about it up front. I'm Glenn Stewart in Calgary. And I'm Doug Ross in Boston. We'll see you next time. Conversations on Startups is a production of Glenn Seward and Douglas Ross. We hope you're having fun listening, but mostly that you take action on your business idea. For more inspiration, visit our websites, todaysgreatidea.com and sparkclickgo.com. Another episode of Conversations on Startups will drop soon or is already available to binge. Thanks for joining us and remember to subscribe and invite your friends. See you next time.